I want to know more about this person. I want to know who they are and what they represent and what they stand for. What is their mission? What is their passion? Why are they doing what they're doing <laughs> and not getting it? And then the one day I, I looked myself up and I realized I was just as guilty as all the other people. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am really excited to bring to you a LinkedIn. Um, I don't know. I don't know if she likes to be called expert or not, but that's the word that I'm going to use. This LinkedIn ninja and wizard that's able to help you identify and grow your profile so that it supports your business. Donna Serdula has pioneered the concept of LinkedIn profile optimization, realizing early on that the LinkedIn profile was so much more than just an online resume. A job change in 2006 led her back to LinkedIn as Donna looked for tools to help her build a sales territory. It was during this time that she had her LinkedIn epiphany and forged her LinkedIn four-point methodology. By integrating LinkedIn into her sales process, she found tremendous success. In 2009, she walked away from her successful career in sales and founded Vision Board Media and LinkedInMakeover.com. She's the author of the book, LinkedIn Profile Optimization for Dummies, published by Wiley. Donna has been featured on Forbes, Business Insider, Times Money Section, Wall Street Journal's Market Watch, LA Times, NBC, Sirius XM Radio's The Focus Group, and many other news outlets. And we're going to dig in in this episode today to not only what LinkedIn can do for you as a business owner or entrepreneur, but also the identity crises that come up with who you are and what you want to put on social media and how you craft your stories. And it's going to be this fantastic episode. So I am really excited for you guys to be here. As always, if you are listening to this on the live stream, please feel free to comment and engage, and I'll do my best to work your comments and questions into the show. Before we bring Donna in, I want to remind you that this is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Design Your Life Book Club. I believe that through reading and through the experiences of others, we can excel to a level of success that we couldn't get to on our own. Through the Design Your Life Book Club, we strategically put, pick books that are going to help you get to the next level in your business and create a well-rounded life of harmony between your work and your life. But we don't just read them. We talk about them, we implement them, and then I introduce you to the authors. And you get an opportunity to have a conversation with the people who wrote the book and go even deeper into the learning and understanding of what they're talking about. If that sounds like something that interests you, 
click on the Calendly link underneath this episode. We can jump on a call and you can see whether that's a good fit for you. And without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Donna into the episode. Donna, thank you so much for coming on with me. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, Amber, thank you so much for having me. It's going to be fantastic. So I'm really interested to dig into some of these conversations with you because I know for me as a um, professional service provider, before I jumped into the entrepreneurial space, LinkedIn was this, as you said, online resume. It was this place that was very job oriented. Um, And so I kind of never went back to it. And then when I opened my coaching business and opened my own law firm and started needing to worry about online marketing, I went back to LinkedIn and it was this whole social media platform that I had never experienced. So I'm really excited to dig into what it is and how we can optimize it for our best for our best self and business purposes. Yeah, LinkedIn has really shifted over the uh, the years. At one time, it was a place you just went to when it was time to look for a job. You know, hey, I got yeah. a cardboard box. Let me update my LinkedIn profile. Yeah, uh, I just got hired. Let me uh, ignore it for the next three or to five years. Yes, I need it again. Um, but it, it has. It's it's absolutely changed. That's not what it's about. Uh, it's you know, it's certainly job search. You know, of course, there's a role that it plays in that entire process, but um, it's a place to connect. It's a place to forge a network. It's it's a place to control your brand, advocate for yourself, uh, your career, tell your story. Um, it's a place to to get active and engage and broadcast, be seen, be heard, to help. It's 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 a fabulous platform. I am so excited to dig into it because there's so many questions that I have for you. Before we do, though, I want to get to know you just a little bit. So I always start by taking you back a little bit to maybe, oh, I don't know, 13, 14, 15, that age where we have life all figured out. Um, And what did you think your life was going to be like? Because I don't think any 14-year-old is like, hey, I want to be a LinkedIn wizard. So what what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, my goodness. What did I want to be when I grew up? Um... You know, I, I remember, I have this this crazy memory of, um, I think I was in ninth grade, 10th grade, and I had to do a report and I, and I said I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to teach, uh, I don't even remember what, what grades, but I wanted to be a teacher. That was what I had said. Um, I don't, it's funny, in some ways I, I am a teacher. Yes. You know, that hasn't really changed. And and even through my career, I've always, you know, I either in as a trainer or as sales, teaching and and evangelizing and you know, just helping has been a huge part of what I do. So in some ways that that ninth grader was about right. Yeah. <laughs> teaching. And yeah. You know, it's so interesting because this is one of the things that you know, I talk about with my clients often, and I'm sure that you do as well when you're crafting their stories is this idea of what career that you want to have, understanding why people want to have that career and what elements of it really stick out to them as something that would be satisfying. And then where else do those show up in their life? Because just like you said, people see teacher and then they see, you know, social media, marketing, LinkedIn, and they don't see the connection to those. But when you break down what you do, there's so many of the things that drew you to that as a child that draw you to this as an adult. And I just think that's fascinating. It's it's so true. And I, I think, and I see this with my clients and I, 
I recognize it even with myself, sometimes, uh, not even sometimes, for the most part, we sit so close to our own strengths. And our strengths are there because we've, we've practiced them, we've worked on them because we enjoy them. We don't even recognize that they're strengths. They come so easily and naturally. So a lot of times people don't even want to brag about certain aspects of their life because they're like, ah, yeah. I can do that. And, you know, as that third party observer, I have to say, no, guess yeah. what? You are very talented. This is an amazing strength. Not everybody can do this. You know, I'm so glad that you said that. I co-host another podcast and we do it on Wednesday mornings and our our conversation today was about getting over some of the mindset hurdles that come along with marketing your podcast for monetization purposes. And this was one of the things we talked about. You have this thing that you're telling people how to do. And then there's this little voice that pops up in your head that says, but everybody can do that. So why should I be able to charge money to tell people how to do what they can already do? I've never heard it said quite the way that you did though, where you sit so close to your own strengths. I think that's super powerful and so true. Yeah. And, and we do, you know, it's, it, they, they come naturally. We enjoy them. So of course they come naturally. We don't even recognize how hard we've worked to develop them yes. because we've enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that so many people struggle with. They yeah. really don't recognize how special they really are. Yeah, absolutely. So you're growing up, you want to be a teacher. How do you go from wanting to be a teacher to ending up in the sales force? Well, I, I ended up, I, I got out of, I got out of college and I wanted to be in film at that point. I, I wanted to make movies. I didn't want to be in front of the camera. I wanted to be, you know, behind the camera and, um, and it didn't take me long to have that realization that everyone needs to have at some point. Do you, do you like to watch movies or do you mm. like to make movies? And I realized yeah. I actually prefer just watching them versus the long hours and all of that went into it. Um, and I yeah. think that's something a lot of people find in their careers as well. Like, you know, which, at what angle do I want to be attacking this? Yeah. So I went to work for my dad and he had a sales territory and he said, why don't you come in and you can train and help me and you know and and so that's how I, I broke in was through my father um and i i worked with him for a couple of years we even started our own little company um back in like the 90s we were selling hardware we were selling computers <laughs> oh and my then, gosh that's crazy in the 90s in the 90s yeah yeah and and it, it, you know, back then it was, it was such a different world. Oh, you know, like, no doubt. No I doubt. remember carrying in these big <laughs> I just um, bought a new computer. I, I'm switching from the PC world to the Mac world. And I just bought my first um, Apple and it came in this little box that is like, I don't know, two by six. And, and, you know, you couldn't even fit a keyboard in that in the nineties. <laughs> It was, I know, it's it's just crazy. I mean, the, just the size, the sheer size and weight. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. So what do you think? Um, I, I'm interested to know because I avoided sales for so long as a kid. And it is one of the biggest mistakes that I feel like I made. And one of you know, I know that my parents do the best that they can with the tools that they have. I just would really encourage you 
if you're listening and you have kids to find ways to get them in some sales type environments at an early age. What do you think growing up with a father that had a sales background and wasn't afraid to shy away from that? How do you think that impacted your mental beliefs that allow you to have the career that you have now? How important do you think that was? So instrumental, so instrumental in the positive and the negative, right? Because my father, he, 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 he supported us through a commission, commission only. Oh, so So you were all in on the sales thing. Yeah, it was, there were great months and then there were some scary months and, you know, it was, I, I could see him, you know, and it's like that old Frank Sinatra, you know, song, you know, we'll be back in April, knocked down in May, you know, and, and there's so much truth to that. You know, it always resets and he worked hard. Um, and I saw that. And I think that gave me a, a really big uh, sense of work ethic and, and, you know, that you do, you hustle in a good way. You know, you're always yeah. out there, always working hard. Um, but I, I so agree with you. I truly believe these, you know, students, they should have sales, negotiation. It's such a huge, huge thing. And it's, it's not just for sales, right? I mean, I find this when people come to us for job search, you got to sell yourself. Yes. You have become the product now. And so few people realize how much of the world is really about getting people to understand your point, to be able to, you know, and it's not about, it's not unethical. It's not being sleazy, but you know, there is this beautiful component of being able to say, I have this solution. Let's see how it works for you. And let's make this happen together. Yeah. When you truly believe that what you have is valuable and helpful and is a solution, then it's not sleazy at all. It's when you don't really believe it and you're in that manipulation place that that right. starts to <laughs> and, grow and you're on that you, right? Alignment, right? That yeah, it's so like- true. It's so true. You know, I was at a conference. This is where I really started to shift because even um, after I had opened my own law firm, I still didn't understand that I was selling myself. I, clients had a need. They came into my need. I, they came to my office. I told them how much it was going to be. They either hired me or they didn't. I didn't see the sales connection. Um, and then I went to a conference after I had opened my coaching business and I heard somebody say, if you think that you're not in sales, you're out of your mind. And I thought, well, I'm not in sales. And he's like, look at my wife. He says, do you think that I didn't have to sell her to marry me? Like I have to sell my kids to get out of bed every morning. I have to like, and and I started thinking about the idea that every single engagement we have is some sort of a negotiation. And when it's framed that way, it changes it from what most people grow up thinking of sales as, which is the door to door, the telephone calls, the things you don't want to deal with, that that gross feeling you get when you're in a conversation you don't want to be in versus providing a product, service, and solution to somebody who needs it. So for you, with what you've known and experienced growing up, what do you think is the biggest hack that people can use to bridge that gap sooner? So for me to take a step back, um, what I, one of the things that I was a huge, like epiphany for me. So I had gotten in, I had gotten this new role. No, thanks to LinkedIn, by the way, (laughs) 
I, I had found a, my own job. It was it was like 2006 time frame, and I am sorry. I'm sure you. <laughs> the joys of being the joys of being a working mother, right? But at any rate, um, I was selling AutoCAD software, Autodesk, AutoCAD um, software, and I had to. I was selling the exact same software as my competitor. We were all selling the same software. Wow. We, we all had the same services. We all had the same products. And I was out there having to sell architects and engineers what the exact they already software. had. <laughs> I mean, there was another person just like me, just down the hall selling the exact same thing. And I, I like, I remember when I was first placed here, I was like, what do I do? Like, I, like it doesn't make sense. And then I realized I was the differentiator. Mm. At this point, they were now selling, it was me. I was selling me. I was selling the company. And that to me was huge. And at that point, that was also when my whole LinkedIn methodology started to come into play because I realized when I was calling people, they were they wanted to know who's this person that's you know wants to show me this software who yeah. who's inviting me to this this conference um who's going to show up in demo well guess what they would look me up on linkedin because that was the only pertinent result that was my online persona and at that point it was just my linkedin it was just my resume copied and pasted and so, you know, when, when you ask me that question, like, what is that differentiator and how, like, what's that big thing you can do? I say, look at yourself yeah. and decide who do you want to be? How do you want people to perceive you? What is that story? Don't talk about who you are right this very second. Think about the future. Think about the future you and start to tell that story and put it out there. You put it out there on your, your social networks. You have it reflected in all of your material. You have it reflected even in the clothes you wear and the background on your Zoom. You know, it's that's, you want to really think about what are you and what are you representing and what are you portraying? Yeah. So for the person that's out there, because I know there's at least two or three of them that heard what you said and just like got this horrible pit in their stomach. Um, for the person that's out there that says, but, but I can't lie. I can't tell them I'm somebody I'm not. Like how do they project who they want to be and still maintain in integrity with who they are? You know, a lot of times it, it's, it's hard. You know, it's hard to see yourself in that future state. But what you want to do is you want to think, where do I want to go? And where is that commonality to what I'm doing today? Mm, yes. You don't want to, you don't want to like hinge yourself, anchor yourself to the to the your past, you know, talking about the things that you do that you don't want to do anymore. That's why you keep that's why you keep repeating yourself. So you have to almost give up. Yeah, maybe you are answering the phones every day and maybe that's not what you want to do. But in addition to answering the phones, you're also managing some projects and you're doing these things and you're doing these things. Constant, only talk about the things that you want to do. You want to continue to do. Let yeah. Everything else, just let go. Just let it go. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that really comes down to what you said before about you being so close to your strengths, right? You're so close to all these other things that you do that you don't really see how valuable those could be when you add more of that into what you're doing. So I love that so much. So bringing this into the LinkedIn space. So you had sales 
um, you were in a sales position, you, you were different, you were offering a way for people to experience what you were selling in a way that other people weren't. They came over to your LinkedIn page. When did you start realizing that it needed to be more than just a resume? And when you did that, how did you start shifting in a time where most of LinkedIn wasn't? You know, with 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 that LinkedIn profile and back in the day, and, and it's still true. I mean, LinkedIn still tries to convince you to just copy and paste your resume and you'll be okay. And it's 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 just so wrong. It's <laughs> bad advice. But for me, it was it was looking at these profiles and 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 saying to myself, like just internally saying, I want to know more about this person. I want to know who they are and what they represent and what they stand for. What is their mission? What is their passion? Why are they doing what they're doing <laughs> and not getting it? And then the one day I, I looked myself up and I realized I was just as guilty <laughs> as all the people. And that was when I really started to, to change things around. Um, and, and I played with a whole bunch of different narratives and ways of explaining and talking about myself. Oh. And, and it is, there are, there are moments where you're very uncomfortable because you're outside your comfort zone. Yes. So what you're saying <laughs> is that you were willing to be imperfect. You played around with things that you didn't know whether you would work and you didn't let uncomfortableness stop you. All the things that people love doing on a daily basis. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's, that's really the recipe, right? So I get to ask you all of these amazing questions now about how you did what you did and you get to give these answers, but the unfortunate truth is that your answers don't take away somebody else's uncomfortableness. So what you just explained, they have to go do. And if you're not willing to get uncomfortable, this conversation means nothing to you. Yeah, it, it's true. You have to allow yourself to exist in that, in that discomfort, in that awkwardness. And, and it's hard for people. I mean, and that's why they will call us up and ask us to do it for them. You know, mm -hmm. yes, we're going to do it. But at the same time, you're still going to experience these pangs of imposter syndrome, right? Is this yeah. really me? This doesn't seem like me. I can't possibly be that awesome. You know, like <laughs> you are, <laughs> you really are an impressive person. Believe me when I tell you this. But, you know, once, what, it's funny though, because when, when I first started my business, I don't think at that at that time I didn't realize how how huge it could be. And when I say how huge it could be, I still was thinking of it as the deliverable is the profile. Mm. But the truth of the matter is when you allow yourself to think bigger, to think about your future, articulate that that story and you put it out there in that forward accomplishment driven manner things happen. Yeah. And, and your life will change. Yeah. Opportunity will come knocking. You know, there's so much gold in what you just said for so many different ways. I mean, first of all, the LinkedIn side of things, the being able to show who you are and what you do in a way that's different, but from going back to the sales side of things, like when you allow yourself to think bigger than the product itself and focus on what that result is, right? Then all of a sudden you're not just selling hardware or software or computers or LinkedIn or, or whatever it is you're selling. You're selling this result of that feeling or that result of sales because people are finally connecting with you. 
I love that so much. It's selling that it's it's selling the future state of what's yeah. possible. But I also think as a salesperson, it you have to get beyond just the product and service. Always. Because that's like just a conduit. You know, it's what's that what's the what are you really accomplishing? What are you really doing? What are you harnessing? How are you helping? And that's yeah. what keeps you going, especially when things get tough or things get slow. Uh, you know, knowing that what you're really providing is something that's that's that could potentially be life changing or business changing. Yeah, you know, it keeps you moving. It keeps you. Yeah, keeps you absolutely motivated. So, for somebody who is just getting into the online marketing space and or entrepreneurial space, where you have to have an online presence that maybe people aren't used to or comfortable with. And they have, at this point, I don't think that I'm overstating it too much by saying like 47 different um, social media platforms to choose from. How do they know that LinkedIn is the right place for them to spend their time? Who do you think should be spending the most amount of time on LinkedIn? Those people who are Perhaps they're, you know, they're currently working with professionals, with businesses, uh, whether it's B2B or even B2C. I mean, depending upon um, those, you know, your clients and your customers, the, those consumers. Um, but it's it's really, there's a place for fun. There's, yeah. you know, there's Instagram and there's Facebook and there's TikTok. But then there always comes a point where, you do want a platform where it's professional, it's business driven, it's a place where people are looking at it in a very serious, not in a bad way serious, but in a good way serious type of manner um, where you can forge that network of like-minded individuals and you can put yourself out there and, and people are there for the opportunity, whether to present it to you or to take it for themselves, but they're there to help and they're there to educate and, and inspire. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just, it's a fabulous place to be. So, so ultimately I would say, is your business, do you have contacts? Do you have business connections? You know, do you need to showcase the breadth and the depth of your knowledge and background? Those are some big core reasons to think very strongly about LinkedIn. Okay. And what do you think are maybe the top three things that people need to be focusing on when they're looking at their LinkedIn profile and saying, is this actually going to attract anybody's attention or that optimization that you work with so much? What are the top three things people need to be looking at in their profile? So the I have my methodology. It's four points, and I call it my SOAR methodology. SOAR on LinkedIn <laughs> success, and and SOAR stands for strategize, optimize, amplify, and relate. That's what you need to be doing on LinkedIn to find success. So the very first thing is when you ask, what are the first three things to do on your profile? You've got to first take that step back and say, why am I on LinkedIn? What am I trying to accomplish? Who is my target audience? If they are looking for someone like me and they don't know I exist, what are those keywords that they're putting into the LinkedIn search? And also think about your hashtags. You know, what are your big topics? What is it that, what are you providing a, a specialty knowledge on? That's what you need to really first do. You've got to get that strategy. 
then you optimize. And when you optimize, think in terms of the graphics first, beautiful background image, really nice uh, uh, professional image of yourself. And the higher quality of the image, so if you can go to a photographer and you get a beautiful headshot, that is what translates in people's mind to success. And people want to work with successful people. So yes, you could do it on your iPhone. Yes, you could take a selfie. I would say absolutely invest money in going to a studio and getting a beautiful headshot because it is going to make a huge difference. From there, there's a headline. And this headline just follows you all over LinkedIn. It, and the default is terrible. The fault, the fault <laughs> is your title and your current company. Mm -hmm. that, does, that does not act like a headline to anybody. So I would say spend time on really crafting a strong 220 character tagline. If you visit my website, if you go to linkedinmakeover.com, you click on free resources, I have a LinkedIn headline generator. I, I hired a developer. We created an app. <laughs> it, you just, you put in a couple words here and there. I ask a whole bunch of things about who you are and what you do, and it spits out a beautiful headline. You take that headline, you copy it, you paste it into your LinkedIn profile. You're going to turn up higher in search. You're going to get more views. You're going to get more opportunity. So those are the top three things I would say you cannot ignore. But to go one step further, do not miss the about section and definitely look at your career trajectory, making sure that you are talking to your target audience. You are telling a warm, engaging story, one that gets people excited. They, they know they're talking to a real human being. <laughs> <laughs> I, like that's important. And, yeah. and, you know, and just don't be shy. Know that you're worth it. You know, there's, Something that's standing out at what you just said, and I'm curious to know, so if you guys are listening to this, um, however it is, either live or after, I want to know how many of you just paused this and, well, I can't pause it if it's live, but how many of you just stopped and went to your LinkedIn profile to find out just how awful it was based upon what Donna was just saying? Because <laughs> I think that um, we just don't know any better, right? Um, the other thing that jumped out at me is so many people, when they build that social media description, they're talking about who they are and what they've accomplished and what their, especially on LinkedIn, what their prior jobs have been and roles have been. And none of that says anything about what you can do for somebody else who might be looking at your page. Yeah. And until you just said it, I didn't realize that was a problem. Yeah. Isn't it funny? It's so, yeah. it, it's one of those things we, we oftentimes, we look at the profile, we think, oh, it's a, it's a resume. It's a list of my qualifications. It's this, it's that. Think about it as your professional manifesto. Think yeah. about it as your story. And what story do you want to tell? Because people, people want to know what to think about you. Yeah. They want to know. And you have that control. You can say. This is how I choose to define myself. Yeah. You know, so let's step back to the strategy side of things. So when somebody is strategizing about what they want to put in their headline and who they want to talk to, what advice do you have? And this goes a little bit more to the mindset piece, but what advice do you have for getting them over that block because they're too close to their strengths 
how do they find out what their strengths really are that they're not seeing? Do you, did I phrase that question very well? I'm sorry. It was not <laughs> phrased well at all. In my head, I hope you telepathically understood what I was trying to ask. We're on the same wave. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, when people work with us directly, we have a questionnaire that we ask them to fill out. And so we ask a whole slew of questions to really start to break down a lot of a lot of those walls. Um, you know, most people, they never think about where they've been or what they've done or what that means in terms of results, quantitative, you know, triumphs. They they just they just don't. You don't want to think about that because again, that puts you into that crazy, uh, awkward, uncomfortable area <laughs> that we try to avoid. It's true. You know, we want to get home. We want to make our dinner. We want to watch some TV. We want to go to bed. You know, that is comfortable. That keeps us in our lane. So when a person decides that they want to work with us, we have them go through the the, the, the questionnaire and it keeps them in that state. So they're able to really start to put out because the more you think about it, the more things start to come to you and you start to realize it. Um, one of the things we often will suggest is if you are totally stuck, ask your colleagues, ask some friends and say, what is it about me that you think is special? Man, that question just makes me want to crawl in a shell and I'm not even the person asking it. <laughs> it's so... Um... It's so needed and it's so beneficial and it's so uncomfortable. So it goes back <laughs> to that place that we were just talking about being willing to be uncomfortable. Um, what's coming up for me right now, though, is that people are going to be surprised, both probably on a good side and then also on a side of, oh, that's not how I want to be showing up to people when they get that answer, you know, how, what are my strengths? How do I show up to people? It's an important question to ask. And I'll, I'll be honest and say, I haven't done it. And, and I should, um, I, I should. <laughs> <laughs> I love the advice though. It's, it is, it is uncomfortable, but at the same time, I think if you, if you go to a person and you just say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking to rebrand myself. I'm looking to make some strides in my career. You and I have worked together for a very long time. And I'm just curious, what do you think are my biggest benefits? You know, what are my biggest positives? You know, and, 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 and then stop and listen and see what they say. And, and they may say, I have to come back to you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not prepared to just like blurt this out, but say, well, you know, think about it. And then if you can tell me a few things that I can, I can do to improve, let me know. But then again, you have to listen and, and you have to be prepared, but it's not a negative to find out that what you've been putting out there isn't where you want to be. That's a no, good not at thing all. Because it's a you very can, good thing. You can course correct. Yes, it's a very good thing. It requires a level of willingness to adjust that a lot of people are uncomfortable with because we, you know, there's so much that goes on deep inside who we are mm -hmm. that we tie to this belief. And then we feel like it's that personal attack. So um, I love, I love that advice. We were talking before we came on, and I want to dig into this a little bit before we run out of time. We were talking before we started recording about the horrible 
transformational experience that people go through when they're making a shift in a career or when something has changed and and they're reaching out to you saying, I don't know how to say what I am or who I am because I don't know. Like this thing has changed in my life and I don't know who I am anymore. So if there's anybody listening that is in that spot where they're feeling that identity crisis from having a change in a career, what advice do you have for figuring out who they are at a core, not what their strengths are and not what they do good, but like who they are? We have in our services, we actually include career coaching <laughs> because sometimes you do need that coach to work, work it through. There's, I wish I could tell you there's a hack to figuring this out. And there isn't, you know, but I will say this, my, the name of my company is Vision Board Media. I love the concept of a vision board. I love the idea of just, and I've got one. I'm always looking at it, always trying to manifest and see it. So, you know, in some ways there, there's that vision boarding aspect of just allow yourself the, the opportunity and the freedom to just imagine and just think just just play with those thoughts of what's possible. On the flip side, there's nothing more powerful, I think, than journaling, being able to sit down and just writing out your thoughts. And, and again, it's that freedom of no one's going to see it, no one's going to read it. There's This is a no judgment zone, but just give yourself that time away from your kids, away from the television, away from your phone, to just just be there and exist and just play with your thoughts. And yeah. I would say to most people, you know exactly who you are. Yes. Thank you for saying that because that's what I think needs to be said more than anything is you know who you are. You're just afraid to say it because you're afraid of what other people will think because what who you are doesn't fit into their story of who you are. Mm -hmm. And then what, what do I say? Change your story. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I want to switch to the um, success element of this podcast. But before we do, I know that you mentioned that you have an amazing free resource to help people make over their LinkedIn profile. If people want to access that, we'll put the link in the show notes. But what's the best way for them to access that for you? Oh, just, just visit linkedinmakeover.com and then click on free resources. Those, and, and not only do I have the LinkedIn headline generator there, I've got a slew of other free resources. <laughs> I'm one of those crazy people. I believe in giving a lot away for free. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely get behind that. So I'm excited to check that out for sure, because um, I'm embarrassed to say that my um, LinkedIn profile is a resume. So I'm excited to start to learn how to change that. Um, switching really quickly into the success element of the podcast, this podcast was born out of this belief that we don't ask ourselves what success means enough. We don't take the time to define it for ourselves. And then we take actions in our lives that we think are going to bring us certain results. And they don't because we made it with this undefined goal point that we wanted to get to. So I ask every single one of my guests, for you individually, what does success mean? How do you define it? How do I define success? You know, in, in some ways, I think I've always defined success as freedom and being able to know that I'm responsible 
the buck stops with me. I'm not dependent upon anyone else. Um, and, and, you know, ultimately I've got the freedom to, to make the choices that I want to make and live the life that I want to make. Um, and that yeah. was huge for me in 2009. That's when I, I decided I was done. I was done working for other people and, you know, I wanted to put out my shingle and, and make it, you know, really make it about what I could produce and what I could create, um, and that to me, not only is that success, but that's also my happiness. Yeah. So you said this buzzword that so many people throw into their definition of success. So I want to go a layer deeper. You mentioned that you had the freedom. What does freedom mean to you? When, when you think of freedom, how do you define that for yourself? How do you know that you have it? For me, it's, it's knowing that if I want to go for a walk, I don't have to ask anyone for permission. <laughs> it's no, simple I, things like that. Yeah. I mean, you we laugh, but the reality is like it's so true to be able to have the ability to decide where you spend your time is yeah. so important. Yeah. I you know, I always people would say, Well, I get three I get three breaks each day. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Like, I, I, I myself, I, I never break. I really, <laughs> but the fact that I could break whenever I wanted to, and I didn't need a person's permission to yeah. get up and go to the bathroom. Well, I think that's the other th entrepreneurial curse that comes along with being, you know, your own business owner and boss and everything that comes along with that is that guilt that can come along sometimes with knowing that we have that freedom and then exercising it, but knowing that we have so much more to do and wanting to find mm -hmm. that harmony and that balance between taking the time to take care of ourselves and taking the time to take mm -hmm. care of our business. And so yeah. that freedom comes with this whole other responsibility of making sure that we actually exercise it in a way that creates this well-rounded life that supports our goals. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you this funny story. I was, uh, a person had said, Oh, Donna, can you come and do this? You know, like, can you take some time off work? And, and, and I don't even remember what it was. And I said, I, I wish I could, I, I can't, yeah. I really can't. My boss, she's a total B I T C H. She just, she will not allow it. And the person's like, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. My husband's like, she works for herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other side of things too is, my family, since I became self-employed and then opened another business and became a multiple business owner slash entrepreneur, if that's what you want to call it, um, is my mom is, you know, I, I'm traveling, I'm going to conferences, I'm doing networking events. I'm able to create my schedule the way that I want to, which makes it look from the outside like I never work. And mm -hmm. so my mom is like, do you ever do anything? And I'm like, you have no idea how much I work. I work like four <laughs> times harder than I ever worked when I was employed for anyone else, but yeah. I wouldn't trade it at all. No. I, and, and it's, it's, it does take, it's a certain mindset. It's a certain type of person. Not everyone is going to be successful. Not everyone is going to love it. You know, that some people look at it and they're like, oh gosh, like, don't you just want a paycheck that comes in once a month? No, nope. You know? No, <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. You know, it's, don't. but it is, it's, it's, and I think, you know, going back to what you said, I think having a father who was in sales certainly helped 
me see the the possibility and the potential. You know, there's that one saying, you know, you can't be what you do, you can't see. Well, I I saw it. I saw the I saw the bad. I saw the ugly, but yeah. I also see, I saw the good too. And I want to step back for just a minute because I I want to approach this from a different perspective. I'm in no way saying that being an employee is bad. I'm just saying oh, it's, it's not. not for me, right? And this is where this whole definition of defining your idea of success comes into play. If your su- idea of success is that financial stability of knowing that you have a paycheck, first of all, that's fake stability, but take it if that's what you want. Um, but if that's where you're at right now, then embrace that and do that to the best of your ability. My point from this conversation is define what's important to you and then do things that get you to that definition. Um, not, Hey, throw away your, your W2 job and, and go open a business, right? Like if it's not, everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody is risk averse or some people are too risk averse to be able to do this and be comfortable with it. And, and that's completely fine when you embrace that as we were talking about before in your identity. Yeah, it's, it's true. And, and it, it isn't, it's not for everyone and it's not, you know, I think some people would look at what we do and it's scary and it's not easy and it's very hard. Um, You know, and, and so, and, and that's okay. everyone, you know, can decide. But I think for those who have that entrepreneurial gene, you know it, you feel it. Yes. And you want it. Yeah. And there's the other side of it too. Um, The way that we are raised has such a big part of this. And and you had this amazing influence in your father who introduced you to the sales world. And as we were talking about before we started recording, the NLP world, which I'm (laughs) super passionate about. And I remember as um, growing up, I had always been told by my mom, you want, you want to go work for somebody. If you can get a government job, those are the best ones. Go, go for those. Get your paycheck. <laughs> that was not a win on my side. <laughs> right? Exactly. So when I finally um, opened my own law firm and got over the comments from her that she was making out of fear for my well-being um, and then opened my second business and then my third I went home and we were talking and I said, you know, one of the things I think I've had to overcome is that I didn't really have any entrepreneurial influence in my life. And she almost crashed our car while she was driving. And she says, Amber, that's all you had was entrepreneurial influences. It took every ounce of my of my body to keep your feet on the ground and not let your dad and your grandma and all the people around you who were these big dreamers, like carry you away with them. And it's crazy how that's what I remember is get a W-2 job, get a, get a government job, don't work for yourself. And then when I have that wall taken away and I look back, I can see all of these people around me who are doing all the things that I'm doing now that I would have loved to go back and have conversations with. And so I just think it's fascinating what we choose to remember, what we choose to allow impact how we see the world and how that impacts what we do as adults. We have so many blind spots and blocks that we have no idea. (laughs) It's true, including when it comes to LinkedIn and social media and putting yourself out there. So that's the whole point of this conversation. Um, One final question for you before we start to wrap up. So we've talked about success. We've talked about what it means to you. How do you, what's one piece of practical advice or a tip that you can give somebody for something that you do to make sure that you're staying on that path of success and not getting distracted by shiny objects? 
one uh, a tip of how to how to how to stay focused. Yeah. Yeah, I am a huge believer in a very simple thing called the to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> how do you dictate what goes on your to-do list though? Like how do you filter it out? Like something goes on your to-do list and then is there this thought process that you go through that's like, oh, I know I said I wanted that, but does that actually move me closer to my goals? Like what's that conversation like for you? Oh, you know, to me, I start every day and I think, where do I want to go? What do I want to accomplish? What are the big hits? And those are the things that go on the to-do list. I have other to-do lists for more long-term strategy. I've got to-do lists for the family. I've got a slew of them. But I do start the day and I say, all right, what do I want to, what do I want to, what do I want to accomplish? And I think if I didn't have that, that moment of, all right, these are the items that I'm going to, to do, I would be, you know, just chasing balls <laughs> and, and going around in circles, you know? It, so to me, it's, it's being able to say, what are the, what's, what do you need to do now today? What do you do, need to do this week? What do you need to do this month? And what do you want to do this year? And yeah. I mean, I, I also have found that you want to do the five-year plan mm. and you want to do a 10-year plan. It doesn't have to be exact, but have an idea of, you know, where, where do you see yourself? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And one of the hardest things for me to start to realize when I went down this, this path was when somebody asked me to do a five-year and a 10-year plan, I couldn't do it. We get so caught up in who we are now and what we're doing now that we kind of forget that we have goals for the future and we're not asked to think about them enough. And, and I couldn't do it. So if you're listening to this, I think it's a really cool exercise. Um, what Donna just suggested to try to write down five and 10 year goals. And if you find yourself saying, I don't know what I want, like that's a problem that you get to address. And when you do, when you start to say, you know, these are, some, I, I want to go to Hawaii. I want to own a business. I want whatever these things are, then say to yourself, okay, I have a vision. And maybe this is a five-year vision, but what can I do today to make room mm. in my life to start moving in that direction? I want to be a speaker. Well, guess what? You know what? Get a really nice suit. Get some good shoes so you can get up on that stage. Yeah. You know, like get the things together that you need now because that's the other thing I see so often, Amber, is that people are missing opportunities because they're not ready for the opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw a, um, controversial post on, on Facebook that said, um, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you're ready for. And I, I went back and forth on that so many times. Like, and and I ended up coming to the conclusion that it doesn't matter how hard you've worked and it doesn't matter the education that you have. Like you get what you're prepared for, just like you said, um, which was, you know, of course, it's a, a button pushing topic of people mm -hmm. saying, oh, wait, no, but I'm ready for it. But are you? And are you ready for it physically and mindset wise and preparation wise? So I, I love that. I think that's yeah. so cool. I think even in the tactical way, you know, people yeah. say to me, oh, I want a new job and, and I, and nothing's happening. Do you have a resume? <laughs> Do you have yeah. a cover letter? Do you have a yeah. suit to interview in? Like it's, it's sometimes it's very tactical. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it goes down to everything. I mean, I just hired a new person for my law firm and I had a, such a struggle finding the person that I wanted. And I said, I'm just not getting any resumes. And somebody said, well, where are you posting them? And all of a sudden I had to think of all the places I hadn't posted them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, in our minds, we've tried everything, right? So I, I love it. I love that advice. And I'm super excited to check out your resource, check out your book and continue this conversation with you in um, future interactions. If somebody is saying, man, I really want to follow up with Donna, have a further conversation with her about all of the things we've discussed today, what's the best way for them to contact you? Visit my website, linkedinmakeover.com. That's the best place to go. We have, uh, it, it's easy to book time on my calendar. It's easy to just find my phone number and call me. Like, surprise, you surprise, I pick up when people call me. <laughs> uh, and, and you can see our services. You can see our pricing. You can see our free resources. It's all there. Perfect. Really quickly, before we wrap up, I want to do a quick random round. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I think I can handle that. Okay, perfect. If you could have any profession other than what you're doing now, what do you think would be fun to attempt? The silence is deafening. I know. I know, especially (laughs) since you were ready. You know, I was sort of expecting something to immediately just jump out of my mouth. Um, You know... I I often think I would like to get into like real estate. (laughs) In what capacity? Like sales or investments or investments? Investments. Okay. Um, If you could time travel, where would you go and why? Hmm. If I could time travel, it would be for a very personal reason. And I would love to just spend a little bit more time with my father. Yeah. Every time I get that answer, it hits me in my soul and I can totally relate to that. Um, do you have a favorite day of the week and what is it and why? My favorite day of the week. That has shifted so many times in my adulthood. Yes. I I, I do like, now I love to work. I'm not one of those people that's like, woohoo, TGI Friday. <laughs> I'm not. Friday I'm not, is just the day before Saturday for it's me. Just, yeah. It's just the day before Saturday. And and I love, I always look forward to Monday. I love Monday. I don't rue it in one, one bit, but of late, I have really been enjoying Friday nights because my sister and my mother, they come to my house um, they, to visit my, my, my two sons. Uh, we, we choose a movie and we have movie night. And it's just, it's this, you know, my husband's there and, and we just, we watch these goofy movies and we eat popcorn. And it's, it's something that I find that I do look forward to just to spend time with the people that I love. I love it. I love it. All right. So we have a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners that listen to this podcast. So for them, what book would you recommend the most besides your amazing book? What book would you recommend the most for business owners and entrepreneurs looking to level up their success? Well, certainly the for dummies book back there is not a bad one. Um, you know, I like Mike Michalowicz's The Pumpkin Plan. Ooh. Yeah, I don't that, think I've read that one yet. It, it's, it's about thinking about your business like a pumpkin farmer. 
Really? That sounds <laughs> intriguing. Which is crazy. But, you know, a pumpkin farmer has to look and see which which pumpkins are going to be the biggest ones. And then you, you get rid of all the little small gnarly ones. So you have to be able to pick and discard so you can really concentrate on the right business, the good business, the fulfilling yeah. business. I so love it. That's a good one. I love it. And my last question, I'm a music nerd, so I have to ask everybody for these personal reasons. What is your pump up song? What is it that you put on when you have to have a good day and then you get to jam out to? Oh, I love music. I love music. I love, I love Elvis Presley so much, but I also, I also love um, Rod Stewart. So <laughs> oftentimes I'll be listening to one or the other. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Donna, it's been absolutely amazing spending the last 50 minutes or so with you. And I appreciate you giving so much value in the arena of LinkedIn and identities and sales and all of the wonderful things we've been able to talk about. Um, one more time, what's the website to be able to reach you? LinkedIn makeover.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show with me. I really appreciated it. And thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. As always, you can watch the live streams of these and be able to interact if you choose to do so in the Success Center Facebook group. Thank you guys. We'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that's that sounds like something that you're interested in. The name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.